0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Great to be with you today, um, and as we have been for the last while. Um, we're looking through the, the gospel of Mark, so we are. And so that's been our summer series, uh, and it's been an absolutely wonderful series. Is um, William stand with me. All right, William. Oh, <laughs> will we we'll pray for William? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Father God, I want to thank you for this man of God. I want to thank you for, for how he worships you, God, and, and for how he leads worship in this house, Father. We want to pray you will bless him, God, and, and all the Lord's people say, Amen. 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 <laughs> Yes, so we've been going through the Gospel of Mark, and it's been a great series because we've been able to just follow and study the, the life of Jesus, the way he lived, the way he acted, and, and I know that I've been getting so much out of it, I've been so challenged by it because we've just been able to bring it back to Jesus, see him directly, see how he did things. The, the Gospel of Mark's quite a fast-paced gospel, and it, it just jumps from, um, from action to action, from miracle to miracle, and there's very little teaching in it. Um so it's been really, really interesting to see just just how Jesus actually lived and and then apply that to our lives. um and for tonight we're going into chapter six, so we are into the middle of it. Um, and we're looking at the idea of Jesus sending out the twelve apostles, okay? So you might notice that this is the first time in the passage that they're called apostles from from the start, it's been the disciples, but now it's actually the apostles. so why is that? It's it's simple because um, apostles simply means that they are sent sent ones with a message, with a purpose, ambassadors for Christ. And in this chapter, that's exactly what's happening. Jesus is sending these disciples. He's sending them out, so they become apostles. Um, so this is a really significant moment for the disciples, and it's a really really important passage. And yeah, I'm so glad that I've actually got this one because even as we've been preparing it the whole this week, I've been, been nervy and anxious because I just feel like it's such an important message. It's such a, a big message and um, I can't wait to actually just get into it because being sent once is, is so important. Um, so I'm going to actually just read it out. I'm going to read it twice. I'm going to first read it from our books that we have and then I'm going to read it from the ESV just to give us a nice wide coverage of it all. Um, so... Jesus taught in all the neighboring villages. Then he called together his 12 apostles and sent them out two by two with power over the evil spirits. He told them, you may take along a walking stick, but don't carry any food um, or a a traveling bag or any money. It's all right to wear sandals, but don't take along a change of clothes. Um, When you're welcomed into a home, stay there until you leave that town. If any place won't welcome you, or listen to you or your message, leave and shake the dust from your feet as a warning to them. The apostles left and started telling everyone to turn to God. They forced out many demons and healed a lot of sick people by putting olive oil on them. So I just want to read that out again, actually, in in the ESV here, just to give us a general idea of what's happening. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money, um, but to wear sandals and not to bring two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart, and if any place won't receive you, and they will not listen to you, um, when you leave, shake the dust off at your feet as testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So as I said, this is such a, a significant passage in the in the life of the disciples. It's It was a big moment for the disciples as, as Jesus has trusted them. He's given them a message. He's given them an authority and he's sent them out. He's trusted them with a message and, and they've went out and done it. So it was, it was a massive moment for them. And there's so much that we can actually learn from this and uh, I would love us just to walk through it and, and see what, how this can actually help us. But just before we do that, I want to set an, an overarching theme for this talk. I want to set something that, that will be the theme right throughout. And, um, it's simple that this message is about being sent. Sent out with a message. And I just want to say right off the start that we are all sent ones. Every single one of us are sent ones. We all have a message. And we all should be be going out and doing what the disciples did. Um, And you might think, like, Ryan, I don't don't know know about that. I don't know about my calling or my purpose, or I don't know if I really am sent. Well, I'm going to read a few passages here. Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk into them, each and every one of us are Christ's workmanship, created for good works. There is good works prepared for every single one of us, and we need to walk into it. We need to step up and walk into it. We can't walk into things just sitting down. It's actually something that we have to do. And then a passage you just might all know, the Great Commission. Okay, I, I feel like this um, one that we're doing tonight in Mark 6 is like a, a mini Great Commission. It was like, them, him telling them we're getting ready for, for the big one. So it is, and this is what Jesus says. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So don't say to me that you aren't sent. Don't say to me that you don't have a purpose. Don't say to me that you don't know your calling. Yes, we might all have specific callings. I, I love doing this. I love teaching. It brings me life. Maybe for you, you love sitting and listening to someone, being a pastor. That brings you life, and that can be a specific calling. But we are all to do the work of evangelists. That's what we learned in, in Timothy. We're all to do the work of evangelists. Every single one of us has this calling. It's not a this or this. It's, it's an and. We all have to go out and actually proclaim the name of Jesus. Um, So um, you see that the the disciples um, did what you're doing here. They came and they listened and they fed and they fed. And then they got up and they did. And that's so important. So often we can just leave it in church. We can come and we can feed and we can feed. But they took it that next step and they went and they did it. They did the stuff. And that's what I want to encourage you to do tonight. Okay? So if you're waiting on someone to, to tell you what to do, this is it now. You've, you've heard it. Jesus has said it. You're to go and make disciples. Um, it's simple as that. And this is what our, our calling should be. And I really do think that this passage can help us. Because as I said, it's like a, a mini great commission. It's like when the disciples were just starting up, they might not have known how to do things, what to do. And Jesus gave them these commands. So we're going to walk through this and see how this can help us because this could be our first times going out and telling people about Jesus. It could be nervy for us and it could be scary. So we'll see what we can learn from this. Firstly, it's the authority. The authority that Jesus gives. So we see it that he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. Okay? So what is this authority? What are we really talking about here? Well, if we jump right back to the start... We look at Adam and Eve. See, God gave Adam and Eve dominion. He gave them authority. They were in charge. They named the animals. They had the authority over the earth. But we know the story. The devil comes in. He comes in with his lies, and he deceives, and he steals. And he steals dominion from them. He takes the authority. And that's why we, we read that, that the devil was the prince of the earth, and that he had power, and he had authority. He, he did have it. He had dominion. But then Jesus comes, Right? And Jesus is different. Jesus comes with an even greater authority, right? It's above the devil. It's above these unclean spirits. And he's able to, to give it out. This is what we read here. We read that Jesus gives him authority over what? Over people? No. Over, over rulers? No. So he didn't put the, the disciples above, above people and said they're now in charge. He didn't do that. He didn't go to the Roman Empire and shut them down. No, he gave it over the unclean spirits. So what does that even mean? Why, Why the unclean spirits? You see, Jesus knew where the fight was. Jesus knew who the enemy was. He knew where to fight. And for tonight, that's the first thing I want to talk about. Exactly, we need to know our fight. We know who we're fighting against. Okay? So, in Ephesians uh, 6.12, we read, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits, in the heavenly places. You see, there's so much happening that we don't see. There's so much going on, and not to get into a whole spiritual warfare talk, but I feel like this is really important for, for when we're being sent out, we need to know who we're, we're going against. And the structures in place of the enemy. He's put things in place of oppression. So in Northern Ireland, we can look at things like sectarianism. He's all over it. He's all over it. And so often we go to do good works, we end up fighting against flesh and blood. Um, Maybe it comes to something like human trafficking, okay? So the traffickers are the bad guys. They are the evil ones, and we need to fight against them. That is our normal logic. It's our normal way of thinking. It's the way that we think of justice, that the need punished. But they're just as much the victims. You see, they have been manipulated and lied to by the enemy as well. They've been, they've been broken and manipulated just as much. And, and a lot of people struggle with this because of the way our mindset is of, of we need to punish those who have done wrong. But you see, God's justice is different. See, we're all image bearers. Every single person is an image bearer of Christ. And God so loved the world that he gave his only son. See, Jesus died for the sin of the innocent. No, it's sin of the sinners. He died for those things. He loves those people. He loves those that we call evil, that we would call twisted, that we would say are bad people. He loves them. Okay? And we need to remember that. We need to look through those eyes. I wonder how many people in this room have been changed by the love of Christ who were once bad people, who were once in in evil ways, manipulating, lying, cheating. But that was their lifestyle. But then through Jesus, are the complete opposite, are living in a new way, You see, it's not the people that are bad, it's their influences. It's being influenced by the world and the enemy or by Christ himself. And that's where we see the the change. So we need to know our fight. We need to know who we're fighting against when we go out there. When we have opposition, when we have people standing in front of us, when we have people telling us where to go, we need to look at them and and love them. We need to look at them with Jesus' eyes. But we also need to know what we carry, what authority we carry. And... so what is this, this authority? Or should I say more whose authority it is? It all comes from the name of Jesus. Who gave the authority out at the first place? Jesus. He said, I give you authority. In the Great Commission, all authority under heaven and earth has been given to who? It's been given to me. It's been given to Jesus. Now go. It doesn't even really directly say that I'm giving that to you now. It's his authority. It's his name. And what does he say at the end of the Great Commission? And I will be with you always to the end. He'll always be with you. And he is carrying the authority over everything. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go. So that's the authority. It's not your name. It's not your gifting. It's not even your reputation, okay? It's simply the name of Jesus. And this is really important to catch, so it is. It's really important that we realize that, that all the authority that we are carrying is the name of Jesus. You see, it takes the pressure off us because it's, it's him who does the work. It's his name that does the work, but it also gets rid of our excuses. Um, nearly all of our excuses start with I. It's all about us. I, I can't do that, I can't go tell anyone about Jesus. I'm too shy, or I don't have time, or I wouldn't know what to say, All of our I can'ts, Jesus simply can. And that's the truth. For all of our I can'ts, Jesus can. That's all we need to do. We need to go and make ourselves available. Make ourselves in the places that that just bring up the name of Jesus and let him do the work. Not us. See, it's not about me, it's not about you. It's all about Jesus. So when we can't, he can. So it's so important that we grasp this tonight, guys. That we grasp that That the authority that we carry is simply that of Jesus. That the work that needs done, it's only done through Jesus. We can't do it on our own strength. We can't do anything on our own strength. And if we grasp this, the damage it'll do for the kingdom will be amazing. If we have a whole church of people going out as sent ones, knowing that it's not about them, that the excuses don't matter suddenly because because there is none, that, that will make a difference. But also going on through the passage, right? The next thing is the charge, okay? So let me read that out again. Um, You may take along a walking stick, but don't carry food or a traveling bag or any money. It's all right to wear sandals, but don't bring along a change of clothes, okay? It's quite a peculiar charge, so it is. It's quite a a strange thing to request. You would think that as the disciples or the apostles are ready to go out, they would want some... Words of wisdom, like, I want you to say this here, and I want you to do that. But instead, they're being told not to bring any supplies. It might seem actually like a little bit on why he's actually, it might not make sense to us. It's like, why would they just do that? Well, there's a few reasons I think that Jesus might have done this, okay? Firstly, it's trust. When you go out and, and you have nothing, it start, starts to create a level of trust in you. Okay, when you're bringing no money or food, the, the level of faith you need is, is quite high, actually, and it pushes you into, into further of, of trust in God, knowing that he's going to look after you. You see, this would have put them out of their comfort zone. The disciples would have stepped out thinking, "Well what if no one takes us in? What if what if actually everyone just goes, "Go away, and we're left on the streets with no money and no food? God, we really need you right now. Go before us. And that's what it does. It puts them in that place of, of relying on God. They had to rely on God for this. They had to go, God, we really need you to move here. We need you to go before us. And of course he did. Secondly, relationship. It's such an important part. And when you go out with no money and no food, you have to make friends quick. So you, do, you have to start talking to people. It, it puts a, a forcefulness on it that exactly you need to go and, and ask people, you know what? I'm doing this. Could I stay with you or could I have a bite to eat or could I come around for dinner? And, and then when you start to sit around for dinner and you stay at their house and you build friendships, it's easy to share Jesus, isn't it? It's easy to share Jesus when you start to build a relationship. And that's what it's meant to be about. Yes, these like one-off talks can be great, but it's so much more powerful when you can actually share Jesus through a relationship because then you can disciple. Then they can see your lifestyle. They can see your character. So they can, and it means so much. It means so much more when you're sharing Jesus with someone who, who knows you. Um, and you can just show the love of Jesus through that. And then finally, it's the simplicity. I absolutely love this. It makes the charge just so, so simple. It makes, it makes the task so, so simple. Again, it gets rid of a lot of our excuses. We don't need money. We don't need any big organization to, to point us in a direction. In fact, we just need to go with our mouths and proclaim the gospel. We just need to share the name of Jesus again. It's that simple. We don't need a, a load of cash, so we don't. We can actually just go out and, and do this. We don't need a lot of material things. We don't need a lot of possessions. This is for anyone. Anyone can share the gospel. It's that simple. So how, though, would this look in our culture? Back then of that culture, I, I was in Jordan and in Israel a few months ago, and, and the Middle East culture is a very hospitable culture. You know, they want to take you in, they want to give you food, they want to look after you. So this might not have been that strange to the disciples, I don't know. Um, but for us, like, like, what can we do? Um, well, I guess that one way we can do it is, is the radical way. Um, a few years ago, when I was, I think, 17, me, Robbie, and, and Adam, we went off and done this thing called Escape and Pray, um, where you give money to an organization and they, um, long story short, send you an envelope with three boarding passes in it. And you just go out, um, you go to the airport, you open the envelope, and you find out where you're going. Um, So it's quite interesting. We opened it up, seeing that we're going to Eindhoven. Had never heard of that, so we looked it up, found out it was in the Netherlands, and went, right, great. Um, And you have £20 each. So you arrive there, and you realise that £20 doesn't get you very far. Um, It won't get you accommodation for one night. So you have to start making friends. Um, you have to start talking to people. And, and uh, we got connected to a guy called Ruben. Tash did wonders for us. She knew people all over. And, and we got connected uh, to this guy who, who took us in. He bought us food. He cooked it for us. He gave us a bed. And we sat and shared short stories. We told him our testimonies, heard his. We prayed for each other. We encouraged each other. It was a beautiful thing. And then he was able to, to tell us of what Outreach things were going on as well around, around the town, and we were able to go out with him that Saturday night and um, pray for the young people who were all out partying. so there were, And It was the time of the Euros, and Will Greggs on fire was a big hit, so Senor from Northern Ireland got your friends quick, so it did. Um, so it was great to be able to actually just, just go out and, and share Jesus in such a, a crazy way where you had nothing, but you just had to rely on God every day, and, and it worked out so, so well, and that increased faith. But I know that's not very practical for for all of us. and We don't all have time just to go off for a weekend. Um, So instead, let's take out the key principles. To trust God. okay. So push yourselves out of your comfort zone. Some of your comfort zones are different than others. Know it and push yourself out of it. Maybe it is just walking up to a complete stranger and and saying, do you know about Jesus? Maybe it's it's going into work and, and sharing your story. Just whatever it is, do it so you have to rely on God. So often we can get so comfortable just going through routine after routine after routine. But when we're at that place where we're going, God, I need you right now. I need you right now. That's when we see him move so powerfully. That's when we see him step in and the spirit just just fill you. So I'd encourage you to trust God. Put yourself in a place where you really need him. Okay. And then secondly, relationship. And I would love to challenge you here because this, this year really challenged me last year. I, I simply remember being asked, how many non-Christian friends do you have? Like really close friends, like people you regularly hang out with once a week, I actually hang out with them, see them all the time. And like I had just, I was doing an internship here and I was in church with Christian friends, with Christians all around me. And then this year I went to Bible college and there's more Christians and there's Christians everywhere. And it can be really easy just to get into a Christian bubble, where you're just hanging around with Christians and you're all saying the same thing, and and that's that. So I had to intentionally make a decision, actually, you know what, I play rugby, so I said, I'm going to put my rugby above a lot of church things, I'm going to put my rugby lads first, because I absolutely love them guys, they're great guys, but a lot of them aren't Christians, a lot of them don't know Jesus, so... Sometimes I have to make a choice of, will I go to this church thing with these friends or go to the rugby? And I'll, I'll want to choose the rugby guys because that's my mission field for this time in life. That's the place where I can actually go and, and show Jesus. Just be friends with them, get to know them, talk to them. And I, I would encourage you to do the same. Maybe it's in work. Maybe work's a good place for you. I would challenge you to bring it further into work. Ask someone, do you want to go for a coffee? Do you want to come around for dinner? Make it, it's like bringing someone to your house, make something so personal it really means a lot to people so it does and i would challenge you to do that and get them around and and you know what like when you start doing that when you start going above and beyond for these people when hard times come they'll come to you they'll come to you for advice they'll come to you when they need you because you've shown them love you've shown them the love of jesus that they don't get anywhere else and they'll come to you and and that's a great time to actually just go you know what do you want to hear about jesus do you want to hear what he does for me it creates such a good space. And lastly, the simplicity thing. Okay? You don't need anything to share the gospel. Okay? The charge is a simple one. It's just go. Go and and make yourself available. Making yourself available is so important. Get rid of your agenda. Get rid of your plans. Just go. A group of us went down south the a week. Um, just with that idea. We're getting so sick and tired of just talking about the stuff and not doing it. And we're so sick and tired of having busy routine lives. So we just went, right, we've got to go down south and see what happens, see where God brings us. Didn't have like anything planned and, and it was great but we got to meet different church leaders and, and pray for them. And then they brought us around to their house for dinner and we again shared stories and, and prayed for them even more. He brought his friends and it was just a really good experience and it's just making yourself available for God to use you. It's as simple as that because as I said at the start it's not about us. It's not about anything that we say or do. It's just putting ourselves in the place saying, yes, God, here I am, God. Use me here. Use me now. Okay? And it's such a simple call. And maybe you're new to, new to salvation. Maybe you're new to Christianity and you think, I don't know what to say. I don't really know my Bible that well. But you've got a story. You've got a story of how Jesus changed your life, of how he stepped in. Use it. Your testimony is so, so powerful. I would encourage everyone to share your story whenever you can share it. Share what Jesus has done in your life because it means so much to people. When they see, remember that change I talked about at the start where someone can change from this to that? That speaks volumes, so it does, of how did that actually happen, you know? So don't be afraid to share your story. And then finally, there is the response, okay? We see how the disciples responded to this. Um, So it says that the apostles left and started telling everyone to turn to God. They forced out many demons and healed a lot of sick people by putting olive oil on them, okay? So they just went out. They just did it. There was no questions asked. There was no excuses made. They simply went. That was their response. It's amazing, really. They stepped out in faith, and they looked like Jesus. Um, I noticed this wee thing, actually, when I, was, when I was reading, and it really stood out to me. Like, up to this point, right, throughout this, this gospel... There was always a separation between Jesus and the disciples. There was no words like they or them. It was always Jesus and the disciples. Jesus and Simon, Jesus and this. There was always a separation. okay? But if we actually look at the few verses after the, the disciples had went out, in verse 33 in the ESV it says Jesus was bringing them to, to the, a place of quiet. And then it says the crowd seen them. Now, many saw them going. Many saw them going and recognized them. And at this point, up to this point it would have been many people saw Jesus and recognized Jesus. But after the disciples had become apostles, after they would went out and, and done the, the stuff, actually they have prayed for people, they've healed people, they've cast out demons, they've proclaimed Jesus' name. It says that people recognized them. And this caught me because I thought we don't look like Jesus going to church. We look like the disciples. I know in our kind of culture we would recognize going to church is a Christian thing but we don't look like Jesus going to church we look like the disciples we look like Jesus when we do what Jesus did he was the one who was out teaching he was the one who was out proclaiming he was the one who was out healing and and doing all this stuff we are recognized by our fruit so we are our fruit so we don't look like Jesus by just sitting in church we actually look like Jesus when we go out and we are recognized by our fruit and again, like remember that this, this would have been one of the first times for the, the disciples to do this on their own. They were sent out and they would have been scary. They would have probably made some mistakes. They might have said the wrong thing. But they went out knowing their authority. They knew the charge that they'd been given and they made themselves available for God to work with, okay? And I'm not saying that once you guys go out there that you'll see people healed and that you'll cast out demons. You might, but I'm not saying that. I want to actually just read the next verse. Verse 14. It says, King heard, heard of it, for the name of Jesus had become known. King heard, heard of it, because the name of Jesus had become known. That's what it's all about. It's simple. That is simply what this is all about. Yes, it is great to see people healed, and it's great to pray for people, but what's the point if if the name of Jesus isn't made known? What's the point of, of praying for someone if we don't tell them about Jesus? So take it that step further. Take it that step further and go, do you, you want to know about Jesus? Do you want to know what Jesus did for me? What's there to lose? No? Okay. Shake the dust off your feet, move on. That is, it's their problem. You have been faithful. You have been faithful to your calling. Okay. And then what if they say yes? What if they do say yes? Praise God. There's nothing better than than leading someone to Jesus. There's nothing better than seeing someone walk from, from dark into light. Their life changed completely. Eternity changed. What can beat that? So what's our response going to be tonight? What way will we respond to this? Are we going to settle for being disciples for the rest of our lives? Which is a good Being a disciple is a great thing, a necessary thing, so, so important. We need to be discipled. We need to learn, just like the disciples did. They learned from Jesus. But there was a point where they actually went, I'm going to go out. I'm going to take it that step further. Okay, and we can come and we can feed and we can feed and we can feed. And we can go to all the courses we want. Like church offer great courses like Grow and Ignite. They're so, so good. They teach us so much. But what's the point of doing all the learning if we aren't going to actually do the stuff? if we don't go out and actually live like Jesus did what's the point what's the point of coming to church to learn if we're not going to take it that step further so what's the excuse tonight what's the excuse for not doing this i know like this week I've been so challenged by this because i've been trying to think of excuses but nothing matches up nothing really matters I don't know what the excuse is, but it, be- it better be a good one. Because this, this is our calling. This is our purpose. This is what we're meant to be doing as Christians. It's going out and making disciples. Go make disciples. So I'm going to call the band up, actually, if you just want to come up to do the last song. And as they're coming up, oh, just love us. Could we just bow our heads? And we're going to take a time of just, just silence, actually. And as we're quiet, I would love you to actually just just think tonight. Ask yourself, right, is, is tonight the night that you're going to actually make, make a change? Recognize that you have a message. Recognize that you are a sent one. And that there's people in your life that need to hear about Jesus that, that I'll never see, that Dixie will never see. People that are placed in your life for a reason. And it's your duty, it's your job to... To bring Jesus to them, is it time to step up and say, "God, here I am. Use me." Even as your eyes are closed, you could bring your excuses to God. Say them to Him. See if the matter. I didn't know. Well, now you know. I'm too shy. Well, it's it's Jesus. He does the work. You see this is real we're not here to play a christian these are real people real lives real eternities <clears throat> and we're out here to to be god's hands and feet to be his mouth so if tonight's the night actually want to say i want to i want to make a difference i want to actually change something where i'm going to be intentional and in bringing up the name of jesus wherever i can would you stand with me and i'll pray for you because I know I'm standing for this because it's something I don't do enough. Yeah, Father God, I want to I thank you that, that your charge is a simple one, God. It's so simple that it gets rid of all of our excuses, that our excuses just don't hold up to this. And Father God, I just want to pray, Father, that you will help us, that you will be with us, that you will give us the guidance and the, the encouragement, God, that you will you'll give us the wisdom and the vision, Father, but, but you'll just give us the boldness. And the passion, Father, to bring your name to those who don't know it, God. A passion to, to do the work of the evangelist. A passion to see our friends and family saved, God. That we won't settle that they will never hear the name of Jesus or, or know his story. So, God, I want to pray right now, Father, for, for all of us standing here, God. That you will just bless us, Father. That you'll be with us, God. That you will, you will hold us to our hearts, God. But this will be a night, Father, where you put a headstone in our lives and say, actually, this is important. This is so, so significant. And that you will use us, God. Here we are, Father, use us. We will turn up, God. We will make ourselves available. And that you'll do the work. That you'll do the damage, Father. So I want to pray, God, that you will, you will bless all of us, you'll bless everyone in this room, God, that they will... They'll grow closer in closer relationship with you, that they will grow in, in discipleship with you, God, but that tonight will be a night where we just step up into, into apostles, God, sent ones. Sent ones with a message that will know our authority, will know the message that we carry, God, and that will not be afraid to bring it to anyone, God. So I pray this will be a significant night for us. It'll be a night, Lord, that, that we'll remember. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.